Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Judges chapter 15 and we continue the story of a very heart-wrenching story of a man who is gifted with so much and really, really threw away the anointing given him. We're going to read another part of the saga. So with that, let's begin. After a while, in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit her, him to go in. Now remember, just the previous chapter, he like left his wife, right? Because she was unfaithful to him in the fact that she had... Well, she had disclosed his secret, right? The riddle. She told the riddle, the answer to her people, the Philistines. And so then he just left her. And then he's like, for some reason, he wanted her back. And so he takes a goat. Now, remember, he had been giving this, the friend, um, the, his companion had taken her to himself. So probably as a wife or maybe as living girlfriend, I don't know. Um, but here he still calls her his wife. And the father, verse 2 says, her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. So now, <laughs> the father-in-law is a little nervous. He's like, wow, like, you left her. So he's trying to, like, um, create peace here and solve a problem. He's like, yeah, you left her, so I gave her to your companion, your friend. Um, so here, um, here, have her sister. <laughs> have my other daughter. Like, Sometimes it's just ludicrous to me how they did stuff like this. Like, <laughs> there's another story coming up. You're going to see that it's similar. Where it was just like the women were just like money and bartered. He's like, here, take her sister. And <laughs> trying to appease Samson. And Samson said to them, well, and, and let's point out this too. The father is literally saying, I mean, this is how weak people are. There's no holy, I mean, they're not born again in the actions. They're not godly is not her sister younger sister better than she he's like look she's like better whatever way whether it's pretty or whatever doing things that just oh my gosh <laughs> it's like do they even think about what they're doing verse three and samson said to them this time i shall be blameless regarding the philistines if i harm them then samson went and caught 300 foxes and he took torches Turn the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of the tails. Now, I want to point out this can mean jackals or a series of animals that are around the size of a fox. They don't exactly know in the Hebrew language what this word was. Remember, Hebrew was fairly uh, was a fairly dead language for a time. And obviously, it resurrected for the prophesied time. But... They don't really know that it was foxes. If you've ever tried to catch a fox, <laughs> and we live in the country on a farm, so there are at times foxes out here, you will know how difficult it is to catch a fox. However, I've seen some research that says there were tons of foxes in the land of Israel at the time. Other research indicates this was probably jackals because they were quite plentiful. Either way, what do foxes do? What do foxes do? They destroy Sorry, I had to take a drink. Foxes are sly, devious, shrewd creatures. That's how they're always depicted. The Bible calls the false prophets foxes. If you, if, as we go on, you'll see that verse, but you can Google it. 
The false prophets are foxes. They are sly. They lead the people astray, and they really just kill them. They drink their blood. So foxes are horrible creatures. If you have chickens, you know what I'm talking about. They can come in and just wipe out your little flock of hens. It's horrible. And so here, if it is foxes, that's interesting that he's taking foxes, something sly, something wicked, something devious, and sending them, tying their tails, and, and, and well, we'll read the next verse what he does. But interesting. Now, if it's jackals, or I mean, yeah, jackals, I honestly don't know much about that animal. <laughs> so I would have to study it before I speak. Foxes would be quite interesting, just thinking of this coy, sly, devious, shrewd act being performed by one of the most devious, wretched creatures there, there are. Verse 5. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. Now remember, this is the wheat harvest, we were told. So if it's the wheat harvest, things are dry. So things will readily burn, okay? Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given, him, given her to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. Okay. <laughs> these are Palestinians, right? The modern-day Palestinians are, were these ancient Philistines. Okay, so they're all related. I don't think they've changed much. <laughs> that was that's kind of drastic. Like, oh my gosh, you made us a stench to Solomon or Samson, basically. So they come and burn them with fire. Well, notice fire was what we just used on them. Now, I do want to point out this. It says here that the father-in-law gave the wife to her companion, and to um. To his companion, I'm sorry. I don't know if Samson agreed to that or not, but he did leave her. This is just something to think about in the context of where the Bible says, we, I mean, we're not to divorce other than for sexual immorality. That's just the bottom line. And even for that, Yahweh has shown me many places, such as in the book of Hosea, where that we should practice the heart of Yahweh, forgive and be gracious. It's okay to get to safety. <laughs> I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just saying, maybe you wait. So this woman, perhaps in all of society's eyes, perhaps in God's eyes, she was still Samson's wife. So perhaps the father wasn't free, which in my mind, he wasn't free to give her to the companion because she had already been given in covenant to Samson. And so what the father-in-law possibly should have been doing was saying, trying to make amends. Now, if we remember back to the story in... Exodus, well, back in the Torah, I can't remember if it's in Exodus right now, where Moses' wife goes back to her father. What does Jethro do? Jethro literally brings her back to Moses. He kept her for her husband. So that makes me think that part of this really is judgment on the father. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we should just go out and burn people. We should do it with prayer and, you know, not we should do it. I'm saying there should be prayer involved and the Holy Spirit and the, the enactments of Yahweh. But I'm just saying, perhaps this was more judgment in more ways than simply just on the Philistines, because that is a pretty wicked thing to do. I'm not saying, it, it, I mean, it seems like 
crazy. And they weren't doing it for righteous judgment. They were doing it as vindication. So I'm not saying it was done in the correct manner. I'm just saying perhaps Yahweh allowed it because her father really had done that which was disgraceful. So something to think about. Um, verse 7, Samson said, Samson said to them, Since you would do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. <laughs> so now Samson's mad again. I'm sorry to laugh. It's not funny. It's not funny, but it's ironic. It's like, okay, so Samson goes in. The people try to, you know, he, he tells a riddle to the people trying to actually plunder them with the garments and, or whatever it was again. Then he, his wife betrays him and deceives him. And then he gets mad and leaves her. I mean, you can't, you, you can't, I don't watch TV. I haven't watched TV since 2007, but you, you can't make this stuff up. Like guys, life is way better than movies and storybooks. Like this is really what happened. I was laughing the other day about my life. I'm sorry. I got off on a soapbox. Let's just go for a minute. Um, I was talking to my husband the other day. People are so engrossed and enthralled with living vicariously through other people, they miss the life that's right in front of them. And what I mean by that is they're looking on videos and skits and dramas and comedies and movies and TVs and all that stuff. And they're, they're looking at what they could be doing, but they're watching people live rather than living themselves. Does that make sense? I can look at this and be like, oh my gosh, this is just like <laughs> crazy. And not crazy in that way, but like um, interesting, bizarre, full of drama and impact and suspense and all these things and emotions. And it really happened. The Bible is the best, best, best book you can read. And it's true. I am not saying the Bible is condoning Samson's actions. Just every just because it's written in the Bible doesn't mean this is what we're supposed to be doing. So don't get me saying that. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. But isn't it interesting? It is interesting. So anyway, getting your Bible, stay in there. There's so many stories. It's like you just can't make this stuff up, right? It's like, like life is way better than fake. It, this is this was real life of our ancestors. So Sam, okay, and we're back to this. Sam gets mad now that they killed his wife and father-in-law. Verse 8, this is interesting. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Etam. Now, my thought on this, and I don't exactly know, is that that's a Hebrew idiom. Um, I would just think if you're attacking them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, those are your strong points. Like if you're a runner, which I was, <clears throat> you're your power comes from your hip and your thighs. Like when you're running, that's where your momentum comes from, okay? And so that's what I was wondering, if it was like this quick slaughter, like if there's some Hebrew idiom I'm missing that I haven't been taught or learned. Um, and it does make you think of like when you sling from your hip, you know, a sling shooter. So I don't, a hit, you know, shooting from the hip, a hit, you know, if you have your gun, you like shoot from the hip. They didn't have, a, he didn't have a gun, but I don't know, makes me think of that. Please share your comments. I would love to hear. Verse 9. Now the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. Now Lehi, they're saying means jawbone. But I will point out again that modern interlinear Bibles 
the modern interlinear online Bibles have been modified greatly. It's crazy. I found so many words that 20 years ago were something else that now it's complete. They're, they've just changed it. Um, but lehi is supposed to mean jawbone. Um, but it, I don't know, because when you have the word le for a word, it's two, and lehi um, is he like a transliteration of what I would hear. Let me actually look in the Hebrew. Let's see how the word is spelled. That would like, yeah, so it is, okay, Balachi, yeah, so in Lachi, yeah, so see, that's what I'm seeing. Like, is that a root of to life? Life, he, the ch, the chet, and the yod. Um, my thought is, I may have said the wrong word there for the, I, can you tell I haven't had much sleep this week? Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not going to say that it means jawbone because when I look at the Hebrew, it actually, it, like, I see the the prefix there, the luch, like it almost seems like, you know, you've heard the word luchayim, luchay, 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 to life. That's what it looks like to me. And so when I was looking this morning, I didn't have time to go get the other older Hebrew Bibles in interlinears just to double check. But um, so I just quickly tapped on the button to remind myself, and, and it just doesn't seem right to me that it means jawbone. Now, this, there's an incident with the jawbone that happens there, which makes me think that's why some of these translators translate it that way, but I could be wrong. Eh, we'll see. Verse 10. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, We have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. So now Judah is like, Dude, what have you done? <laughs> right? Because they're like, they're like, why do you come here? What, what, what's going on? Verse 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. Samson wasn't apologetic, and the men of Judah, like his brothers, are like, Dude, what are you doing? Like, they are our rulers. You're going to cause a problem. But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Whew, brothers are your worst enemies sometimes. That's, <laughs> they just they didn't even care to defend him. They were just going to deliver him, which that's a whole other issue. But verse, let's keep going. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. They had no care that he was their brother. They had no care that he was a fellow Israelite. They had no care. That again is wrong. Do you see how hard-hearted and callous during this time in history, like all of the Israelites were? And there's a verse at the very end of the whole book that says, everyone did what was right according to his own eyes. They're not even looking out for each other. It just drives me crazy and breaks my heart. Like Samson wasn't thinking of them, but Yahweh was using him to save them. And here, while Yahweh's using him to save them and deliver them and come against their enemies, Judah's literally just like bowing to the enemies and be, hey, 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 don't make problems. Think about your own life. Do you ever do that? If Yahweh's trying to deliver you from something, are you just so afraid of the conflict that you're just like willing to make peace with the enemy? I don't know. Something to think about. When it came to Lahi, or, or I'm sorry, sorry, or if somebody's trying there to help you and then you're fighting them, Verse 14, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the spirit of Yahweh came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, which isn't very strong, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. So I think Samson knew he could break out. That's why he agreed to be arrested, just to don't kill me. 
This is gross. Listen to this. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Listen again. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. So in Hebrew, there's the word tari nu. Well, it's tariya there, but tari is the root word. Um, okay, so nu, <laughs> a new jaw. So it like had just died. He reached in and grabbed it. Would you think it was still like attached to with like, it had just died. It's new. Um, yeah, the images now become quite horrific. If you think about, did he just rip it out of this carcass of a donkey that still had the skin on and the flesh and like the blood was still on it? I don't know. <laughs> if you were eating, I apologize. Um, and so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramat Lehi. So the height of, and then Lehi, they say this again to the jawbone. And so perhaps I'm wrong on that one, but I just see so much more in that root word Lehi, which is so similar to Lehi, Lehi to life. So um, perhaps I am incorrect and, you know, Lord teach us. Then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to Yahweh and said, you have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? (laughs) He is not dramatic at all. I think most people would have labeled Samson as bipolar and he wasn't. (laughs) That's why we have to be careful. We don't label those mental illnesses now because they're not real. There's, there are demonic possessions. There are demons but think about this i mean i'm sorry i'm not trying to laugh but okay so he throws a tamper tantrum. he i want that woman his wife his um, i'm sorry his mom and dad go get him go get her for him then he tells a riddle thinks he's going to deceive him gets mad because his wife tells the riddle throws a fit says oh he temper tantrum i'm not having this woman but then he's like okay well i do want her so goes back and tries to get her <laughs> dad gave her to his candy. oh my gosh how dare you do that throws a fit again temper tantrum throws a fit and then um burns the fields with fire and then when the men kill the man and wife woman for bringing that judgment on them then he gets mad at them and (laughs) kills them with a jawbone i mean it's and now he's like oh my god like you brought me here and and i mean like oh my god to god he was calling out to oh my god like you brought me here and you delivered by me and now i'm gonna die of thirst like this man is completely dramatic, (laughs) completely, completely overreactive to everything. Like you can see like just completely irrational with his emotions and no, no, um, (laughs) no check of the spirit, not self-controlled. Verse 19. So Elohim split the hollow place that is in Lehi and water came out and he drank and his spirit returned and he revived. Therefore, he called its name in ha I'm sorry. In Hakore, which is in the Lehi to this day, so spring of the called of the caller. And he judged Israel twenty years in the days of Philistines. So then apparently he was the one who judged Israel, tried to save them, put down their enemies. Obviously though he is not a born again man. So I don't think the you know, the judgments of Yahweh he would enact very well. I mean, to be honest, Yahweh would still use him, but he's not going to be doing it with the right heart. And that is where I wonder if he was given to such, if his emotions had been turned fully to Yahweh, 
how would that passion of zeal have looked? Perhaps more like Phinehas. Perhaps more like Moses. Perhaps more like David. I don't know. Okay, that was a bit rambly. I know. But it's Sabbath, and we can chat, and we can have fun, and we can enjoy each other's company. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Go over to the podcast. I'm sorry, to the Facebook page. Send me a message if you have any comments or questions or concerns on this. And I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Have a blessed day.